Welcome to the Influency Podcast. I'm Hadar, and today I will be interviewed by one of my students. Hey, everyone. So happy that you're here with me today, and I appreciate you so much. And um, today we have something slightly different because today I am going to be interviewed by Orshi. Orshi is one of my students. She is an incredible human being from Budapest, but she speaks several different languages. She speaks Hungarian, of course, but also Italian. She also works in Italian and translates to and from Italian. And of course, she speaks English, as you'll hear, beautiful English too. And she speaks German and Spanish, a lot of languages. And or she constantly deals with this idea of languages and why we need them. And you'll be maybe surprised to know that she doesn't have the obvious answer. And because of that, she approached me one day. She's also an ambassador in one of my programs, New Sound, which means she helps our students get through the course with success. And uh, in one of the sessions she had with our students, they got into this conversation about languages and fluency and why we need it and identity and accents, and all of that good stuff. And she was like, Hadar, we had so many questions, and I wish I could just sit with you and ask you all those questions. And then she asked me if she could interview me. And I said, yes, but let's do it on the podcast. So today, I will be sharing with you that interview, and um, I'm excited to hear what you think. I hope you're going to find it valuable. I think you will. It was such an interesting conversation. I loved every minute of it, and I hope you will too. Now, if you want to watch us, this episode is also on YouTube, so I'm going to link to it if you're more of a video person. But for now, let's go ahead and listen to today's episode. And by the way, if you enjoy this interview and you find it helpful or interesting, please consider sharing it with a friend or colleague or a student or a fellow student if you think that it would be helpful for them. That's it. Thank you so much. And let's listen to the conversation I had with Orshi. Hi, Orshi. How are you doing? Hi, Hadar. It's so nice to be here with you. Thank you for this opportunity. <laughs> Thank you so much for this opportunity. So you, when you first reached out to me and you said, Hadar, I'd like to interview you. I was like, uh, oh, okay, that sounds like a very good idea. And in fact, I'm sure that there are a lot of things that people would like to know. And I know that you know from being with our students um, as I said before, you are an ambassador, so that means that you help our students facilitate, you know, the program and their path to their success. And um, like I said, I think that you are very much in touch with a lot of students who have that conversation around language and accents 
and the learning journey. And I would love to answer some of those questions that you have and some of the other students have. So I think it's such a cool opportunity for, uh, for me and I think for both of us. And uh, I wanted to say thank you so much for this. Oh, how that really, that was a fantastic introduction. And I actually agree with you that uh, speaking with a lot of students, we can share a lot of experiences about language learning. And, and I'm really so happy to be a part of this, you know, through New Sound and through your communities. It is really an experience for me to share with others. And it, you know, it keeps my momentum high. <laughs> mm, I love that. In my journey. I love that. So maybe um, before you, we begin, why don't you tell us about you? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, my name is Orshi. If there is someone who uh, didn't know me, um, I'm from Hungary and I'm a passionate language learner and somehow even teacher. And mm. uh, what I think it's important to know is that I love languages and English is not my only foreign language. I speak Italian, Spanish and German as well not at the same level, but they are actually my languages. And uh, I really feel that, that, that that's the best part of my life. And what I think it's even more important than this, that after New Sound, when I was students in your program, <laughs> I changed all my life from one day to the other, just not to lose the connection with, with English and to test it in the real life. So mm. I just started to work in English. I started to live in English. I started to do everything in English. And you know what? It works. <laughs> it's been working. It uh, works, right? Yeah, so it's it not works. like just <laughs> thoughts and words. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really works. So that's actually the magic in that. So I'm so grateful for that, you know. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. So Orshi, I'm all yours. What questions do you have for me today? So the first question would be is, um, what is the biggest challenge you have when it comes to motivate people? Mm. That's a really good question. I think the biggest challenge I have when it comes to motivating people is um, this idea that, first of all, it requires a lot of work. It really does require a lot of work. And no one wants to work hard. People are really into super fast solutions a lot of times because it is offered by society. A lot of times we hear, okay, get fluent in three months or this app is going to help you learn, you know, a hundred new words every day and sound like a native in one week. So it feels like there is an easy solution at the tip of your fingers and you just haven't found it yet. But the truth is that it requires consistency and a lot of work. It does not mean five hours a day, but like just to show up for this work, even if it's 10 minutes a day. And I think that getting people to understand that and to fall in love with the idea, right? Because if they don't like the idea of doing something in English every day, it's going to be very hard for them to stay committed. So I think that is one of the first things that I see that pose a challenge when it comes to motivating people. But also I think that people forget why they do what they do really easily, right? And they, 
Yeah. So it ha has that happened to you? Uh, I think yes, because honestly, uh, motivation is a very strange thing, especially in my country. Let me tell you something. Here in my country, in Hungary, the people to finish the university, to get the degree in hands, they have to have a language exam. That's the rule. Without a language exam, without that piece of paper, you can't get your degrees. And it is the motivation to have that piece of paper. Mm. So they invest a lot of time in learning, filling the gaps, exercises, opening books, doing the work to succeed in an exam situation. And then when they have the piece of paper, they close the book and they do whatever. But at the end of the day, is it enough? <laughs> is it enough to have that piece of paper to invest all this time and money and effort and work just yeah. to have this? Because I think there could be something else behind. Because if I, uh, if I am a student here in uh, New Sound, for example, and I'm following the community, I see that people sometimes have these very serious motivations to start a course with you. But then at the end of the day, it is not about the paper and uh, academic yeah. knowledge. It is about connection between us, you know, and yeah. get curious to know what the other people think. And, and that keeps you motivated. So at the end of the day, I think that the right motivation would be something emotional, something about people other than pieces of papers or degrees or things. I agree like 100%. Yeah. And I think that this is, this is the point, like understanding why you do what you do. And sometimes it's hard because like, like you said, why do you do that to get, you know, to pass the exam? Why do you do it? to get fluent, right? Okay, and then what, what would that give you? Like, so that digging deep, right? Like really trying to get to this understanding, get them to understand why they do it. Um, not a lot of people are happy to do this process. So like, what, why is she, why does she keep asking me these questions? I just wanna be fluent, but no, because if this is your goal, just like passing the exam, it's not enough because it's not going to keep you, you know, committed, excited about this work. Instead, instead, like you said, I think this idea of connection to be able to make true connections with others, this idea of self-fulfillment, that this was a challenge and now it's no longer a challenge, like, you know, self-actualization, that you are actually doing something that is important to you, right? So it's only for your own benefit. And of course, you know, like the opportunities and the doors that English may open for you out there in the future. So even if it does not exist now, sometime in the future, an opportunity will come and you wanna be ready for it. But yes, like I think essentially, you know, we need to get to a place where we're able to easily connect with people because even when the opportunity comes, you want to be able to make that connection. You want to be able to show up authentically as yourself. And to do that, you know, you need to do the work. So understanding that having a clear vision, having a clear goal can keep people more motivated. However, sometimes people are not really excited to do this type of work and they think it's just like there is no point of doing that. And I think that's something that can keep them stuck. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree with you. So I think if someone finds the emotional connection with the language, yeah. 
you don't have to explain anything about that. So they just understand it and they don't waste time to do whatever, you know, for the language seriously. They just yeah. get involved in it and they just use it, you know, they just use it. I have another question to you, if you don't mind. Um, what do you think? What is that moment when fluency starts? Mm. Wow, this is a really good question. And I guess for every person that might look like a different thing. But to me, the way I see it, fluency is when your brain and mouth is aligned. So whatever is happening in your brain, it is also expressed at the same time. And I'm going to explain. Fluency to me is not accuracy. It's not perfect pronunciation. It's not, you know, not making mistakes. So fluency is not flawless speaking. Fluency is when you don't, you're not behind, you know, the words that come out, you don't think about them. You don't think too much before speaking. You don't, you know, you, you're very present in what you're saying almost to a place where you you're in the state of flow that you're not even noticing what's happening, you know, and then the conversation ends and it feels like, you know, no time has passed. That to me is fluency. And it can happen with some people while with others, you may not feel fluent. So you may feel fluent with a friend and then with your boss, you may feel not fluent. So the goal is to reach fluency with everyone in your circle, your closer circle and your external circle, right? Like that is the ideal, but it's okay if it, that's not the case. Because like you said, the emotional aspect of the language is unspoken of, quite frankly. And as a result, people don't consider that as part of their journey or as part of the, their learning process. So I do feel that understanding that A, fluency is that when you are not judging yourself, when you're allowing things to come out freely, when you're not behind, when you are not ahead and you're not outside of yourself. And then at the same time that it's okay if it's a little different, depending on the person you're speaking with. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right, Hadar. That was very even scientific explanation about fluency. <laughs> I'm not so specific in that. In my, in my feelings, I think fluency happens in a second when you just forget mm -hmm. that you speak actually a language. You exactly. don't think about that. You just simply are involved in the conversation, in the situation, and you go with the flow and you don't think about the language and you don't uh, listen to the person you have in front of you that he or she speak in a language in you and what expression or phrase or tense they yeah. use in front of you. You are just want to get the message and you want to answer and ask question and answer and question. And so that's about connection again. And it doesn't matter if you make mistakes because it's about people then and connection and relationship and the fun and the joy to having a nice time with someone. And I'm quite yeah. sure that even in this uh, beautiful talk with you, I might make some mistakes. But at the end of the day, I think that 
you and me won't remember them after this interview or this talk. We will just remember that it was a great time to stay together. So. Absolutely. And I can say the same thing about me. I a lot of times notice mistakes, but the thing is that like, you know, that I'm making, right. But in the, like, I just move on quickly. And that to me is fluency. Like you recognize that something is happening and you catch it, but then you just move on, right. You don't get stuck on it. You don't feel insecure about it. You don't allow yourself to obsess about it while you're in a conversation with someone else. And I think that part of also being present for this other person and really listening to them is also a big part of fluency, like being so at ease so that you don't even have to think about what you're going to say. You're able to just listen, you know, and like you said, not to think about words or phrases that they're using, but just to listen and absorb the experience and the content and enjoy the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy. That's actually the key. Enjoy. Not for practice, because, you know, to practice, I think, and I don't know if you agree with me, I can practice by myself. Mm -hmm. I can practice with my video camera. I can practice if I want, but I can be connected with the others. So it's... um, so exactly. Them, I just talk. I just, I just have, a, you know, a partnership, a relationship, and that it is not about practice. Actually, it's about the personal connection and the emotional part of the language. And that is the practice. Like that is how you practice fluency. Because yes, you can speak to yourself to your phone. You can record videos, and that's a great method to do it. But it will never replace speaking to other people to improve your fluency because as human beings we always we're always consumed by thoughts about what the other person may think about me that does not exist when you make a video unless maybe you post it but when you practice on your own that fear that you have to manage does not happen right so that you have to put yourself in situations where you speak with other people and you confront those fears and you learn how to let go of those fears so that you are fully present and expressive And I think that, again, like people practice a lot on their own and they don't understand the importance of putting themselves into those uh, those situations that induce connections so that they can actually reach fluency. There is no fluency without the actual speaking. Yes. It's just a fact. Interaction must be a part of that. It doesn't Must be. Exactly. (laughs) A language is, 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 is designed to be spoken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is not a piece of paper. Exactly. It is really something with it, something. It's it's a live thing. Okay, let's move on to the next question. Um, um, in one of last posts, in one of your communities, I can't really remember which one exactly, you asked a question, uh, what you take for granted? And that's such a beautiful question, Hadar. And I just wanted to ask you this question. Is there anything you take for granted when it comes to languages? Yeah, that's a good question when it comes to languages. I think that now that I think about it, even speaking English, I sometimes take it for granted because it's such a big part of my life, you know? And... Speaking English or the ability to communicate in English and to find a way to help people, because that's my mission in life, right? I was born really 
to, to like my passion in life is to really help people make a positive change in their lives. English has allowed me to do that, right? That's my purpose. And I think that I take for granted the fact that having this fluency in the language and all the journey that I've gone through, you know, has been the single most important element of my entire life and business, you know, and journey in life. Because without English, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have this beautiful business and beautiful team that I have, beautiful students and ambassadors, right? And it's not because I'm a good businesswoman. It's because of English, first and foremost, because reaching that freedom in English that has put this thought in my mind that maybe I can do something about it. Maybe I can help people and then maybe I can grow and maybe I can build something that does not exist right now, right? And all of that has happened, but yeah, ultimately it's because of the language, like the knowledge of the language. So I think that appreciating what languages, you know, allow us and also appreciating just being able to speak no matter where you're at in a language is so incredibly important. And we need to remind ourselves of that all the time. And one of the things I always recommend my students who struggle with English or who develop this love-hate relationship with their English is to really start a gratitude journal where they every day have to write three things of, you know, the things that are possible for them today thanks to English, thanks to just knowing English, whether it's watching their favorite TV show without subtitles or writing a letter to someone, letters, an email, let's say a postcard, um, or maybe even, you know, doing business, whatever that is. I think it's so important to recognize that. And I think it's a big part of our fluency experience and journey. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely relate to that. That's, but I have another consideration if you, if you don't mind, because uh, as I said, uh, I was thinking so much how to answer to this question, you know, what to take for granted. And I think that I take for granted my native language. Uh. I tell you why, because when it comes to uh, speak, I don't know, Italian, English, German, Spanish, anything, I feel the passion, how I want to be connected with others. I want to, let's say, provocate even native speakers in Italian, you know, to speak to me. I ask them a lot of questions in the supermarket here and there just to have the connection with them. But I don't do that in my native language. And sometimes mm -hmm. I feel that I have much better connections in other languages than in my native language. And why don't, why don't I put it into practice what I have what I know, my experience of connection with others here in my country, because sometimes, you know, especially in Italian, in, in, in English, it is not really the same thing. But in Italian, I definitely need native speakers around me to speak, you know, and here in my country, I have a lot of native speakers, why don't to communicate with them. So now, at my previous mindset was that I have my native language okay and then I have boxes for my other languages now I don't make this two categories I I opened a brand new box for my native language and I don't say that's my native language that's a language just like all the others and I want to have the same emotional connection in this language 
than in all the other languages. And I am implementing this. It is not an easy task being a part of the community here in this language and have the same passion for that. But I try to do it because I know what a language can give me. And I know how I feel when I'm in Italy. I know how I am when I am in an environment, uh, when I speak English. And that's, that's a joy, just happiness, you know, and I want to move this even into my native language. That yeah. is so beautiful. I love that. I never thought about it. And I agree 100% that when we learn a new language, like we focus on so much on that new language and yes, you know, everything that I mentioned, but yeah, like what about our first language, which some people are unable to speak at all, you know? So like, it's, it's like you have this ability that this privilege that we forget that we have, we just assume that everyone has. And yes, and why, if we have that privilege, how can we really, really use it in the best possible way in this life that we have? And when it comes to native languages, you know, uh, there is also this myth about native speakers. And usually we, non-native speakers, somehow think about them in a kind of negative way because we think that they don't want to listen to us, they judge us, and, you know, mm -hmm. what do you think about this myth? Yeah, I think, well, there are several, several ways that I would look at it. First of all, I think that a lot of times when we look at native speakers, it's like, you know, the authority, the, the power, right, of the language, people who hold the power to the language. And, you know, we're born into a society that has structure and has hierarchy, right? Whether it's at home, there's hierarchy, school, you know, your municipality, your country, there's hierarchy. And you learn, you know, status, social status. Um, and we learn that we are always, you know, either stronger or weaker than others, depending on where they're positioned. And we bring that into the language as well. We bring yeah. that into the language and then the native speaker is the authority, right? It's like the person in power who holds the, the, the language. And we are just either borrowing it or we are always compared in relation to that speaker. Now, when, when a language is not your first language, there's always going to be a struggle and that is okay. Because again, like, you know, if you are born with a certain disability, not that I'm saying that, you know, not speaking <laughs> a certain, like a language is a disability. But when we think about it, when you're born without something, for example, let's say you're born without an arm, right? And then you have to function in this world like everyone else. You will have to do something to compensate. You will be able to do exactly everything as people who have two arms, but you will have to work a little differently to figure out how to find your way of moving around the world with just one arm, right? So totally different. I'm not trying to compare it, but I'm just saying that it's okay if it's not going to be exactly the same 
because you had to go through a journey to get to a place where you feel fluent, right? Which is something that does not happen to the native speaker. And the native speaker will never be will never have the same abilities as you have in your own language. So to get started, it's okay if it's never, never, never the same experience. But second, having someone as a native speaker, it does not make them an authority or people who hold the power and the key to the language. That is absolutely not true. We're just bringing on these paradigms and these, you know, perceptions from, you know, everything else that we experience in life. Because we do that, we always tend to feel, and this is a generalization, it's not for everyone, but a lot of times people feel inferior because of that, because they feel they're not reaching that level. And because of that, they may have certain, you know, like self-judgment or they may criticize themselves and they have like that inner critic that keeps, you know, like picking up on all the mistakes and all the places that they got stuck. And what they might do is that they might project that on the people listening to them, native speakers in particular. So that fear of, oh, that person is going to judge me, that person is going to think that I'm stupid, is really a reflection of our own fears. It has nothing to do with the native speaker. We have, you know, made them something that they're like, you know, that, that concept of native speaker, it does not really exist except for in our own head, because we need that hierarchy in our head to make sense, because that's, you know, what we've always seen in our life. What if we break that? And what if we decide that each and every person using English is, you know, uh, that is that is the ideal. It's just good enough as it is. Putting the focus on clear communication, right? Delivering your message, being able to, to, to hear and understand and expressing everything that you have to express, right? So we do need to have some ground rules around what's good communication so people can communicate with each other, but it doesn't make you any less than, you know, someone who was born into the language. Now, I'm not naive. I know that people do suffer from discrimination. Um, they're being ridiculed. Uh, they're being laughed at sometimes by native and non-native speakers because of the language. And that's just people using the language to show power over you. And it's the same with any other situation where people might make you feel bad. It is wrong and you should not be around those people. And it has nothing to do with you, your self-worth or your ability to communicate in the language. And it's important to remember that and not let that determine your idea of yourself or your image of yourself as a speaker of English as a second language. So whether it's true or whether it's not, it does not matter. It's what's important is how you see yourself and giving yourself permission to communicate freely, you know, without feeling like you're doing something wrong. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely understand what you are saying. And uh, I thought so much about this native speakerism and uh, all these things and uh, speaking with some new sounders and students in English, especially. I have heard a lot of stories about people that after a bad situation with a native speaker or after a bad comment, they just stop learning English and yeah. they have never opened their mouth anymore. And uh, I just thought something that try, let's try to understand how it is when you are a native speaker 
and you have in front of you a person speaking your language, how do you feel? Honestly, I feel honored that that person learned my language and tried to speak to me. And I put all my effort to understand, especially if I'm a native speaker in Hungarian, you know, it is not an easy task. And I absolutely, when I find someone finally speaking my language as a non-native speaker, I'm really honored to speak with. Yeah. But just imagine what happens if you are not a person speaking languages and you have never tried to learn a foreign language. And for example, there is my mother. That's, I think, a good example. She's a fantastic lady. She's beautiful. Mm. She's everything for me. She's my mother. But she has never learned any languages. And just imagine her with all her life that in the street, she meets someone willing to speak with her in Hungarian, a person from another country with that accent, with my mother just stopped and she doesn't understand anything. So it is not just she wants to judge that person. She's really honest. Sorry, I don't get what you say. And you as a learner, you say, oh my God, what's wrong with me? I'm not okay. But this person simply just don't have the discipline, don't have the practice in language. They don't want to judge you. That's a spontaneous reaction. And there was someone, I spoke yeah. about this with a, with a student and she was a waitress in a restaurant somewhere in the US and there was a lady, a a guest in the restaurant and uh, she wanted to speak with another waitress because she couldn't get what this, this waitress said. And that should have been a situation like this, that this guest wasn't bad. She was just in, in a, in a situation as an English native speaker that she has never got the chance to learn a language. She doesn't know how it feels when you have to express yourself in in another language. And it was just a spontaneous reaction. And sometimes it is angry, (laughs) you know. No, it's true, yeah. So I think how it's communicated is very, very important, right? Like if someone is being rude about not understanding you, then yes, yes, like that person, um, they have a problem with, you know, other people, with maybe someone who is different than them. But what you said is very true. A lot of times, some of the responses of just like, do you mind repeating? Or I'm sorry, I don't understand you, is very genuine. And you're right, it's because they've never um, had any experience with other languages. And probably because they have never had a lot of interactions with non-native speakers speaking speaking exactly. that language. Because also I think that is a big factor in the U.S. Again, we have students in the U.S., immigrants in the U.S. that sometimes, you know, moved from the East Coast to the South of the U.S. And they say, okay, back in, the U- in, in New York, it was really easy for me because people understood me. There is like a lot of variety and versatility and diversity around there. And people are used to hearing different Englishes, right? But then when you move to the to a certain state where there are not a lot of immigrants, let's say, or a lot of non-native speakers communicating in English, then people would have a much harder time hearing. And I do think that it's a responsibility of a speaker in a way, like it depends on the generation too, especially these days to open up their ears and like be a bit more patient or a bit more open to different sounds um, 
because I think like our, our society is becoming more and more like diverse. There are a lot of connections, especially with the internet where the location, the physical location is no longer, you know, something that is um, determining who we're going to communicate with and, uh, you know, the type of, of, of connections that we're going to have. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think sometimes, you know, it can break a kind of negative belief that there is something wrong with me. It is not, so just because that person didn't get me well, it is not not my fault. Maybe she's just, or he is not really prepared to get me in the good way. So it is, it is not that I'm wrong and I have to stop speaking English because it is bad and it's just to forget. And I have exactly. another story if I can share it with you um, in terms of pronunciation and the importance of these things. And I think that that's your mission, Hadar, and you do everything uh, to improve our pronunciation and uh, you know, fluency and confidence and everything. And I had a, a very nice, let's say, experience about that. How important is that? Uh, because, you know, I'm a tour guide and when I finished uh, New Sound with you, the day after I stand up with my microphone in Budapest and I started to lead tours in English and I've been doing that since then. And um, everything was great and I felt very comfortable in the situation with microphone, you know, outside people stopped in the street listening to you and there was a group and I had just American native speakers. And I thought, okay, that's fine. Let's, let's do the work. And we were in front of the Basilica and you have been in Budapest, you know, it's the biggest church in the city. And when I speak about that church, um, I have to explain them that that is just a church and it is not the cathedral. It is just a big church because the cathedral is a different thing. Uh, and the biggest difference between these two kind of churches is that in a cathedral, there is a bishop. And this is not a basic word. And my pronunciation by that time was bad because I put the, you know, the stress to the second syllable, shop. So it was bishop. And one of the tourists asked me back, sorry, gift shop? Okay, I thought, hang on a sec. Let's try to understand what's happening. And I asked what the problem was because then I explained what the bishop is. And, and then they discussed among them how they pronounced it in different ways. And I got that actually that was bishop and not bishop. And uh, we laughed a lot together. And okay. from now I pronounce it in a good way. And I'm so grateful that those people actually explained me this in a real situation because they really misunderstood me there. So, and, and it made sense to have a gift shop, you know, in a big church in the touristic center, usually there are gift shops and they couldn't get, yeah. why is it so important there? So yeah, I think these situations, if you go into, and I, I would have also stopped myself and say, oh, I was wrong, I'm sorry. But then I went into the situation and I asked them to help me. And it was, I think that was a tour they will never forget. <laughs> I think this is such an important point um, because first of all you learn something out of it and I think and they learned something out of it and it was such a beautiful experience for all of you and I think that when for those who are listening and watching this or listening to this interview I think it's 
how you handle challenges has everything to do with your success in the language, right? So for example, if you do say something that is misunderstood, you know, a lot of times people tend to just feel, you know, uh, ashamed or that stresses them out and they just want to move on to the next subject and maybe figure it out on their own later, right? Or just never think about that again. And I think just like, okay, wait a minute, let's dig deep. Let's talk about it. Maybe laugh about it. Maybe, you know, ask questions. I think it is so incredibly important. And here's the thing about you know, again, this idea of speaking to native speakers, they would be more than happy to help, especially in a, in a situation where you feel comfortable with a person and they're not, you know, already rushing you or being unkind. But if, you know, you have a good connection with people, then you can use their help to improve what you need or to, to really have a better experience communicating. And I think that is so important. So thank you for sharing that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Thank you too give me this uh, opportunity to speak about these things because I think that through my experiences in languages, uh, other people can just simply forget their beliefs about being wrong in English or whatever, you know, it's because it is not about that. It's not about being wrong or not. It is about connection from where we started this talk. <laughs> Absolutely. I think I have told you everything, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Orshi, I think that this, um, this has been one of my favorite interviews. Uh, really? <laughs> I have to say. Yeah, because it really is not just about the language, but it goes far deeper. And I think people want to understand better about how our mind works and our psyche works when it comes to speaking Absolutely. a second language for other people too, because we feel things and we think it's just us and it's just our experience. And then all of a sudden, when we go out there and we make those connections and we see that more, like, it's not just us, other people feel that too. It gives this validation to those feelings. And then you're like, okay, so it's not just me and my weirdness. I can actually conquer it because I see that other people have too when they confronted it. So I think it is so important to have these conversations. And Orshi, um, tell us a little bit about the communities that you're in and where people can find you if they want to connect with you. Uh, well, the, the easiest ways to join or new sound where I've been very active, I'm leading sessions there. And you know, my superpower there is the one-on-one -on -one conversation. And I tell you why, because I think that if you have the private attention of someone focusing mm -hmm. on you, that gives you an extra power. You want to give more about yourself and you use the language more and more and more and more. And it is also, I think it's an ability, it's a kind of skill that you learn how to ask questions and be curious to the others. And, you know, the best of these sessions uh, we have is that people come back to have the feeling again and again and again and be connected with others in a very safe place and somehow practice English, but we never speak about practicing. We're speaking yeah. about one-on-one -on -one with someone, you know, so yeah. that's, that's fluency, I mean, so that's yeah. not about the language anymore, it's about people in front of you, 
And that's yeah, the sense yeah. of the language for me. So new sound is a good point to find me. And then I promise you that I will be also active in the other community you have beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, because in new sound, I got a very nice experience with a kind of early bird session. And uh, I, I would like to try this experience in beyond as well. You know that in, at least in my time zone here in Europe, before you start your day, it is so nice to have some positive vibe around you and start the day with a beautiful conversation in English, why not? And uh, all your day is going to be better than after. So I I just would like to have this also in beyond with the other members. Amazing, for sure. And I think that like when you make English the means to get what you want, which is to make that connection and not the end, like, oh, I'm just going to speak English for the sake of English. That's where that's where you get surprised and find the magic of fluency without even, exactly. you know, without even working as hard as you thought you might need to, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Orshi, thank you so, so much for this great interview. I really enjoyed talking to you and answering your questions. And I appreciate you and everything that you've been doing for our students and uh, very proud of you and your achievements. So thank you so, so much. Father, thank you really so much for this opportunity to be one-on-one with you <laughs> because, you know, that's actually the, the sense of everything to, to share experiences, thoughts, and, and I think that, that we are very much connected. Ever since I have learned about you, I think that I would like to stay you know, close to you anyhow, at any time. <laughs> that is very, very mutual, my love. <laughs> Thank you, Thank for, you so much. for this. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that's it. Thank you so much for being here. If you enjoyed this interview, please share it with your friends and colleagues and students. And if you have any thoughts about any of the things that we discussed, feel free to share it in the comments below or send me a DM at hadar.accentsway so we can continue the conversation. If you want to find out about my programs, New Sound and Beyond, I'm going to post links in the description so you can find out more and maybe you can also reach a breakthrough just like Orshi did and join this important conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you, Orshi, for this beautiful, beautiful interview. And I'll see you all next week in the next video. Bye.